0: This is what the Lord said to me. He says, A couple of weeks ago, Tony, I said to you, if you give me a full season of declaration, if you keep de- declaring what it is I want you to declare, God I told you I felt like God cut me a deal one Sunday morning. God cut me a deal. He said, If you put a full season in of declaring, I will turn up and I will do what you've been declaring. Okay, but you don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the season looks like, but I don't know how long a season is. It's not like, you know, the, the seasons we have in our general society, we, we can measure them sometimes. <laughs> you just never know when summer started, do you, and when it finished, but we know there are four seasons. And we know that we can measure seasons in different ways. We know that there are the holiday season and Sport seasons and things like that. So we can put a time and a measurement. But in God, a season, no one knows. No one knows. Spiritually, we never know. So we just got to be obedient and keep on doing what God's telling us to do. You know, when you're leading, sometimes it's not easy and sometimes it's hard. The two times, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. Notice they never said it was easy. Sometimes it's not easy and other times it's hard. And there are two different seasons there, These, the not easy and the hard. And what happens is, is, in the not easy, new things God gives us to speak, to declare, to proclaim, and to work through. Okay? And it's always in the working through that you find out how hard your season really is. Yes? It's in the working out that you really find out how difficult a season can be. Anybody found that out? When you, when you start a job and you, you're coming into something new and you find it difficult to learn some new things, don't you? And they keep telling you in your workplace, stay with it, it'll get easier. And you think, it's flipping hard, this. Stay with it, it'll get easier. Look at us, we're all doing it. And you can't, after a while, you don't look at somebody else as your motivation. You just get consumed with what you're going through. True. And how hard it is and how difficult it is. And 21 days is one of those moments where for some of us, we've found it difficult. For others, it's hard. I'll take your silence as meaning you're on the same page. And and I find in this is what we need to work out is, we said at the beginning of our authentic sonship, we must work out our own Salvation. Working out is a lifetime season of easy, hard, hard, difficult. Yes? It, gets, it's, it starts easy to hard, and then from hard to difficult, and then easy, from hard to easy. And you go through that cycle in your life. And whenever you're learning something new and God's trying to put you on his page, there's never easy. There's never easy. And 21 days is designed to cut your flesh back and my flesh back. So if you're throwing the book away, that's your flesh still alive. If you're wrestling with it, thank God. Thank God that you are wrestling with 21 days. I thank God for it. Why? Because it wasn't meant to be easy. Now, I said to you before the 21 days started, I said, to whom much is given, right, so have I not give you much, so how much, is rep- how much is required back? Right. You have to measure your much. You have to measure your much. Now here's, let me just, I haven't got my Bible with me, so I'm just going to nick Phil. Phil, can you find me Hebrews 5? I just want to read something that came to me today. Hebrews five. Uh, is it 14? fourteen? Yeah. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Hebrews five, sorry, verse fourteen. Where's it gone? Ah, here we go. Found it. Yeah. First chapter five of Hebrews, verse eleven. We have much to say about this. How much? We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, Dream Center, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths, and Phil did that. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk. Not solid food. Now let me just stop there a minute because this thought's in my mind this morning, so you're getting it free. What is the difference between milk and food? Meat, sorry. Spiritually speaking, hey? It takes effort. It takes effort. Milk, you just guzzle. Open your throat, swallow it. But with chewing, it means effort. easy, hard, hard, difficult, difficult, easy. You know, I was trying to teach my granddaughter the other day how to hold a knife and fork properly because she holds it like a spade. Because it's easy for her. But trying to hold it like that so she can stab, kill the animal with his left hand and really go through it with her right hand was difficult. She says, nobody eats like that. So I said, look around in this restaurant. I said, does grandma and granddad have their knife and fork? Like this, yes. So there's two people. said, so "Look at that table. Look at that table." You know, it goes down. The spade moment comes back in, and then I see that the economy have having a go. She's having a go. I thought that's good. She's having a go. So all I asked her to have a go. I know she'll struggle. I know she'll find it difficult. Granddad will come and cut the meat up. And all she has to do then is pick it up, put it in her mouth, then she has to chew the meat and try and swallow the meat. That's part I can't do for her. I'm not a bird. Mother bird, he'll chew it for the chicks, right? But the point is, I have to teach her to do the difficult thing before it becomes easy. So we have to ask ourselves what is the difference spiritually between milk and meat? When are you getting milk and when are you getting meat? Now, if you get meat, you know you're in for some effort. True? You're in for some effort. Paul led us this morning in prayer. In next door, and he told us from Daniel 21. Come on, what did he tell you for those who were praying this morning? How long was Daniel waiting? 21 days. What was going on in those 21 days? There's a battle, all things were going on. That's exactly what's happening in your 21 days. And then the father came through, the father came through, but Daniel stood his position for 21 days. Stayed in the game until he got to the end. Hello. You sure? God keeps speaking to us from Daniel. Why? Because in Daniel, He told us as the house. This is the place where He'll reveal the dream of the king. Yes. Now, the dream, the, the uh, to reveal the dream of the king means you have to fight some battles. So God reveals Himself to you, so that you can then go and reveal Him to others. But if you never stick in the fight so that God can reveal some things to you, then you will never reveal other things to people. So 21 days, whether you understand it or not, that's immaterial. That's totally immaterial. The point is, have you got enough about it to stay in there to get something from it? I say it in big bold letters. This is not about trying to remember everything written. This is about you gleaning from your spirit. God, Holy Spirit, teach me your ways. Teach me what is my portion out of this. The book was my portion. Now, you've got to get your portion from my portion. You know, when you go, when you go shopping, mum buys a portion for four people or five people. Dad normally eats more than everybody else. Dad has a bigger portion than the kids, but dad's still got his portion. But mum bought a bigger portion. You understand in this? She bought a big joint of lamb knowing that there's two adults, two children. Yes? And her portion and the father's portion was much bigger than the children's, but she still cooked it, knowing that we're all going to get our portion from it. Yes? And if you want more, there's more. And if you want less, there's less. But you have to determine how much is much in your life. What is the milk? What is the meat? So he goes on to say, Not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food food is for the mature, who, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So 21 days is about you distinguishing, training yourself, to know aspects of God's heart that you did not know before you started. Now, if in all the flesh, see, when I first went to the School of the Prophets, I was just saying this to Paul and him and Phil. When I first went to the School of the Prophets in Malaysia for two weeks, my flesh cried. It cried. Why? Because he had me all day, he had me all night. And at nighttime, I couldn't sleep. So it felt like I was never asleep, and he had me all day. You haven't got that. You haven't got that. But guess what? The same process is still going on. God is cutting back your flesh. Yes? And last time I learned, or should I say, last time I heard, circumcision was never painless. It's painful. Oh. (laughs) So it's been given to inspire you. It's been given to inspire. I wrote it to inspire you and in the hope that the exercises will deepen and develop you stronger in the word in the word no god I know I am not a professional author as many of you can gather but the point is we have still something to communicate yeah if i give it to a professional editor they will strip out my heart and you'll lose you'll get 20 you'll get 20 days 25 uh, you'll get 18 days 16 days you won't get the full content so like I said to you at the beginning it's free it didn't cost you anything but it'll cost you everything yeah so when God tries to do something with our lives he knows there'll be certain challenges and he knows there'll be certain resistances yeah he knows it and yet despite these challenges, he, uh, he still chooses to set the agenda for us, knowing that there will be trials, there'll be tribulations, there'll be tears. He knows that. So he sets the, the deal up. And, and I love it about God. I've said this to you many times. God gives us the trailer movie of our life. And he allows us to get glimpses of our destiny and, and uh, our life in God. But listen, It's not yours, it's his. Never ever think it's your destiny and it's all about you. When God created you when you were in your mother's womb, that means God thought about you. God had a lot of time to think about your place, your role, your significance, your value, your worth, And your contribution to this planet. And he's had eternity to work out exactly how you are to be involved. Yes? He is meticulous the way he's engineered it. How you'll be on a train on such and such a day going north. Somebody else will be going south. And you'll meet in a railway station. And they'll preach the gospel to you. God's engineered that. It's fantastic. His network is is superb. And everybody arrives on time in God's plan. There's no one late. No one gets any more time than anybody else. Everyone gets the same amount of time. So God is specific in detail. But it's not your destiny. It's his destiny in your life so that you can fulfill your part in his purpose. So God decides, David is in front of me here. I say, I'm God now, I think, how do I get Tilbrook and a family of Tilbrook's and a generation of Tilbrook's to serve my purpose? So God begins to engineer all that. And he says, I'm going to give David certain gifts. I'm going to give David certain talents. I'm going to give him certain abilities. And I'm also going to give him certain lack. Because the lack is what will cause him to come before me and ask for more. And God gives him those things. And David thinks he's smart. David thinks they're all for him. And then one day he bumps into God. And then finds out that he's got these unique abilities, thoughts and feelings that that he's always had. Why? Because God put him inside him. Now David understands that he's got to yield him so that he can be significant to serve the purposes of God. True? So it's so important that God understands In David's life and in your life, God is a great proponent of the carrot over the stick. But believe me, there is a stick. There is a stick. God does have a stick. Do you know why? Because the Bible says he punishes and disciplines those he loves. But it's not the way punishment as you think it is. It's not like God sat there on the throne with a big stick and he throws it down from heaven and smacks you on the back of the head like the teacher used to do with a rubber. God isn't vindictive. God speaks to you about him chastising you. God lets you know, son, you did this wrong. God's will is that he puts a pattern in you so strong that you don't want to make mistakes, but he knows you will. So he tells us, there is a carrot and there is a stick. Now, I don't like carrots, as you know. But I have understand that carrot is better than the stick in, in this context. Yes? Would we all agree that the carrot is better than the stick? But I also know that if I'm going to serve the purposes of God, there's also going to be risk and reward. Yeah? There's going to be risk. I'm going to have to risk some things. I'm going to have to put my life out there. I'm going to have to let go of some things. I'm going to have to make a journey so that God can take hold of my life and complete the part that I can't complete. Yes? So I know the carrot is the promises. But I also know there's going to be risk. And that risk, here it is, if you want a biblical word for it, it's called faith. Faith. And in, put me a, are we on Ralph? Are we on Z, I should say, sorry. There we go. Without weakening in his faith, Romans 4.19 says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead. So they, he had limitations. Yes? Since he was about 100 years old, well, I guess if you were gonna have children at 100 years old, you would say the same thing as Abraham. Your body's as good as dead. Even though I'm a stallion, I still might be able to produce, but I'm not sure a woman could be able to carry and deliver. Yeah? That's just a thought. Satan, uh, Sarah's womb was as good as dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but were strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Now, they laughed about this and he got them in trouble. They got in trouble about this because they did not believe. And he's saying, Abraham, you're gonna have to risk some things. If you're gonna follow me and get to know my plan, you're going to have to risk. Everybody familiar with the word risk? But there's a carrot, so we're being led by the carrot, and the carrot has a risk factor. Let go, give in, turn your back, follow God. That's a risk. But there'll be great rewards for he who, she who, risks. Now, what came first? When you read this, what came first? The word. Okay, we're going, we're getting hotter. Face reality, I'll put you out of your misery. The word is right. The promise came from the word. The promise came first. The carrot came first. Abraham, I'm going to, you know, you said, I haven't got, you haven't got a seed. Okay, I'm going to give you a seed. I'm going to give you the seed through an unlikely, uh, at, an, at an unlikely time in your life when you're 100 years old. You're going to have to trust me on this. You have to tell your wife, and she's we already know her response. You what? I think she was laughing at the fact that Abraham. Not that she could carry, she's thinking, have you seen him? Have you seen him, God? He's old, he's finished. The fact is, the promise came first, the carrot came first. And then faith had to be witnessed, had to be trialed. <coughs> Amen. So Faith comes by hearing God speak his promise. Faith comes by God speaking his promises to you and to me. When the promise is received, then you have to use your faith to lay hold of what's been promised. Hello? You do? So if we go to... This thing. Come on, Ralph, what's wrong with this thing? He is it on. The battery's gone. I'll read the scripture in Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to give you harm, and plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will. Call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You shall seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, you'll f- I'll be found with you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we on that one now, yeah. Uh, there we go. And when you listen to you, when you seek me and find me, then you'll seek me with all your heart and I'll be found by you, declares the Lord, and I and will bring you back from captivity. He's talking to Israel, but all scripture is useful for teaching. All scripture, so we can use this for ourselves. Okay, so for I know the plans for you. Would you know that God's got plans for you? Okay, plans to prosper. How many would agree? He's got plans to prosper, not to harm you. Okay, so here's the deal. God foreknew the plans he has for you. God foreknew. And from what he foreknew, he reveals. So God just didn't create the plan there and then, The plan was created long ago. So what he foreknew and foreordained or foreplanned, he now reveals to you. I know there's an element, God knows the beginning from the end. So don't you think there's an element of risking God? Knowing that some people are not going to make it and gonna drop the baton, yet he still chooses to reveal. That's the mercy of God. So God, in one sense, risks his own word with you and me. You see, when, when God gives, when God reveals His plan specifically to you, God is a, revealing your part, your part in His plan, not your plan. You're only one dot in a massive, global, eternal, universal. Plan. But we think our plan is the only plan God's interested in. No, God's not interested in your plan. God's give you an aspect, responsibility. He's giving you a, a, a path so that your plan feeds into his plan. Because he's the one controlling the universe. He's the one who's got, if this world is going to come to an end. It's going to come to an end by his plan. It's not, no one's going to, and no Iranian's going to lean on a button and God thinks oh no he's moved us forward 6,000 years it's not going to happen no Russian is going to get a key no secret you know Islamic state is going to get a nuclear weapon that God has not allowed because God has planned how it's all going to wind down you and I don't know We've got some insight, but not all insight. So God begins to reveal his plan so that you can have your part in it. Because in your plan, God's plan for you is where you bear fruit. It's where you learn faithfulness. It's where you learn obedience. It's where you learn to develop spiritual fruit. But you must know his plan. yes. So plan, he gives you plan to prosper and not to harm you. Wow, that's a good carrot. That's a good carrot to give me. Tony, I've got a plan to prosper and not to harm you. Wow. Didn't I tell you the carrot is always better than the stick? Plan to give me hope. Now, I don't know about you, but hope can, hope can be just as immediate as it can be eternal. So God doesn't only give me an eternal hope that one day I know will be with my father, but I need hope for today. I need hope that you'll change. Seriously, as a pastor, I need hope that you will change. I need hope that God's going to bring more people in so we can train them to get the job done. Seriously, I don't want to be looking at this congregation, this size forever and ever and ever. We need more. more. Guess what? You're going to die and I'm going to die. You're not the future, neither am I. But we're starting the future. Yes. We're, we're affecting the future right now. Yes. So we need more than what we've just got. We need all these generations functioning side by side. So God reveals our part in the plan. Aren't you glad? Yes. So then hope is what comes into our hearts. I get up each day believing that some I can make a difference. Yes. I can make a difference today. Somehow, some way. I can make a difference whether I pray or whether I say something or I do something. I have to believe that what I'm doing today, I can make a difference. And then the, the word says this, remember your word to your servant for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, you preser- your promise preserves my life. That's the hope that comes from the plan. How many of you feel preserved by the hope? I do. Remember your word. You need to remember your word. You need to remember the word that God spoke to you because, you, because in it, it you find comfort. You find the comfort you need in your time of suffering, in your season of suffering. God's word brings hope. So when a prophetic word is given and you can't write it down or you've got your phone in today's, it's never been easier to get a prophetic word and get it wrote down today. Oh, I should say not wrote down, but get it remembered. Your phone. Just before someone's going to prophesy, hang on, let me get my phone, hang on. Okay, fire. away. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with using your phone to record it? Well, is it spiritual? No, my phone, it's made by Samsung. But your words are spiritual. Well, we can't, well we, can't, we can't use modern technology. That's not God. Grow up. So you're going to risk writing it down and misinterpreting it. Get it on the phone. Yeah. Get it on the dog and bone. So, remember your words. So then he says, I've got plans to give you hope and a future. Where does your future start? The day you get hope. That's where your future starts. The day you get hope is the day your future starts. Hello? The day you get some hope is the day you can believe for a future. Wow. Thank God I've got some hope. Thank God. And when you catch this hope and you catch a glimpse of this future, what does he say? Then you will call on me and you'll find me. So you receiving the carrot causes you to move forward. An action is the result of you catching some hope and a glimpse of your future. What is the action? You begin to call on him. And then the promise comes back because when you seek me, you'll be found. I'll listen to what you have to say and I'll be, and, and I'll, you'll find me. So out of the hope, God sends his word first. Out of his word comes a plan. Out of the plan must come your faith. Out of the plan, out of your faith comes hope and a future. And then out of the hope that's caught in your heart, you then begin to call on God, tell me more. I like it what you're telling me. Tell me more. And as you begin to seek God, You build a relationship with him. Does that make sense? Now, when you receive the promise, God will then see whether you combine it with faith. This is where so many of us go wrong. We get a promise and we never use faith. And this is what happens. This is what people say well, it's a prophetic word, it's going to happen, isn't it? Let me say that again because it was so good, you missed it. When people get a prophetic word, they say, well, it's got to happen because it's a prophetic word. (laughs) No, it doesn't. If you knew the ways of God and the thoughts of God, faith is what lays hold of the promise. Faith. Faith lays hold of the promise. Faith. What did he say about Abraham? He did not waver. He did not waver. Though he thought he considered himself as good as dead, he did not waver in the belief, in his belief, but believed on God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, he was rewarded. He risked it and he was rewarded. Yes? Yes. So the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see? Put your name in there. Go on, day. risk it just for a second. Put your name in there. What do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree. Now just stop there. Is that the answer? That was the answer. But when God asks you the same question, based on the faith and the hope, And the future that you've caught, what do you tell him? What do you respond? Your answer's not the almond tree, because he's not asking for an almond tree. What do you see? Well, I don't really know, really. So therefore, then, if you don't really know, really, you've not caught hold of anything. You must be able to describe what you've caught. Hello? You must be able to describe what you've caught. If someone says to me, Tony, what is the baby in your womb? I must be able to tell you descriptively what is alive on the inside of me. And you see, people can't describe what's alive on the inside of them because they've never combined what's been given with faith. And this is why so many of God's people wander around in the desert, never knowing what God has actually supplied to them. They can never tell you. They just hope that when they die, they'll go to this beautiful place. Really, is that what you're holding out for? God gave you his promise to live now. God didn't give you his promise so that when you die... Your promise just kicks in the moment you die. That's like saying, I'll take a pension plan out when I'm 21, and I'll cash it in when I'm 65. But pension plans allow you to take a lump sum earlier. Don't they? Right. We can only use the analogy of a pension plan so far. God wants us to live from our future today. Today. God doesn't want you waiting 60, 70, 80, 90 years before you step into your future. Why? Because last week in the building spirit, I showed us a piece of rope. And I showed it from Phil, had the piece of rope here and I had it here. And I just held that much and that's your life. But look at how much eternity there is. And you're so caught up with this. That God wants you to focus on that so that this will be taken care of. God wants you to live for eternity today. Not die and then start the pension plan. Come on, think about it. Well, that's the God I serve anyway. If you want to die quick, just let us know. We can arrange it. You must combine it with faith. So he says this. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? See, I see a branch of an almond tree, replied. I replied. The Lord said to me, ah, you've seen correctly. Now, here's the, here's the issue here. For I'm watching. I'm watching to see my word in you, whether you can fulfill it. Whether to see that you can keep hold of the faith, work the faith, keep hold of the hope, and let faith rise up from the hope. I'm seeing and watching and observing to see whether the carrot still works in your life. And you see, when you can't see the hope anymore and you get brassed off and you, and you throw all your, metaphorically speaking, you throw all your toys in the, the pram, then you have to come back to the altar at some point and say, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. I lost perspective. I just checked out there for a minute. Have you ever, ever been there? You check out, Lord, and Lost says, yep, yeah, that was 20 years of your life you checked out. Wow. 20 years of your life. Not 20 minutes, not 20 days, 20 years sometimes people check out. And then you want to quote that scripture. Well, the Lord will return the years that the locusts have eaten. I got a better idea. Get rid of the locust. Get rid of the locust. You know what God can't give you back? can't give back your energy. Your best years are your best years. You know, God doesn't all of a sudden do the makeover. I don't go into his presence and come out looking 16 years age, 16 again. I wish I could. I'd be in his presence all day long. Go in there as an 80-year-old person and come out 16 again. Oh, look at that oil of delay. doesn't work like that, does it? I feel renewed in his presence. I feel renewed, rejuvenated in his presence, but I don't go back. I don't go back and pick me little shorts again. No, me neither. But I'm watching to see. So the DNA, God, from the plan, listen, from the plan and the hope and the faith, the plan, Creates the hope and the faith. Then what happens is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Out of God's promise and God's hope. The spirit of truth is given to you and to me as believers. Why? Because it's the spirit of truth who testifies that what, that which you are catching a hold of in your heart is not someone just conjuring it up for you. Yes. God has to stamp what, you, what you're receiving on the inside. Yes. So I don't want to believe for something that was never spoken, that was never authenticated from heaven. I only want to stand on what's been said. Yes. Yes. What he has said to me. Not what I got over the internet. I didn't get any prophecy on the internet. What God spoke to me and what he's confirmed. I want the spirit of truth. This is the DNA of going from the plan to the, to the hope, to faith. Yeah. There has to be a DNA involved. God has to give us his spirit of truth so it works in our hearts. Amen? Then we see, so the Holy Ghost gets involved. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees nor knows him, but we know him and makes all the difference. You know, you're you're more inclined to believe the person you know than the person you don't know. And I know him, you know him. But when the spirit of truth comes, what's he going to do? He's going to guide you into all truth. So he's going to build on what the Father has already spoken. Yes, he's not just going to keep saying the same word that he initially spoke. He's going to build on what he's already spoken. Yes. See, if all you want—if all you want to do is keep hearing what's already been said, then how shallow are you going to be? God builds on what's already been said, and he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. Thank God for that. And he will tell you what is yet to come. So not only has he given us a download of the promise, he's going to tell us more what is yet to come. So here we go. So in order for you to have the initial download and to receive more of what is yet to come, What do you think we might need? Some capacity. A greater capacity to receive. See, this is where you go wrong. Many of us go wrong. I want to say many, I mean all of us. We get a word. V gets a word. But from where the word speaks to V, she only got so much sight. Faith, she's only got so much sight, even with her faith. She's got limited word to say, let it be according to me, just as your word has said. But she hasn't got the faith or the eyes of faith to see how it's all going to work out. But she's got enough to believe, right? So God says, "Okay, with the little you're given, get on your feet and start following me." Why? Because there needs to be a greater capacity built inside of you to inherit what you I have just said to you. Now, what happens is, just give me a minute, sweetheart. I'm going to walk his menu, so she can't see from here. Have you, ever been in the 20, have you ever been in the opticians, and he, and he does that, better with, better without? Yeah. yeah? And then you think, when they're out the room, you go, yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> I, I used to play that, a little game with myself. Hang on, is that that? And when she's not gone all squint like mad. Yeah, it's that. And then she knows when you're lying, because you couldn't say it before she was in the room. Now you can say it. Now she's, now she's gone out and come back in the room. So as we begin to walk and a greater capacity, and she's walking with Jesus, and God's doing things on her, all of a sudden, God says something, and she goes, now I can see what he said to me back here. But she couldn't see it from this point of view. She had to keep walking, and as she walked, then all of a sudden, she got a moment of clarity. What did it do? It created greater faith and greater hope inside of her. What? To do what? To keep on walking. Thanks for that. There has to be a greater capacity. If there is no capacity inside of you, then it doesn't matter what was said at the beginning, you have no means of laying hold of it. Is it true? Absolutely. But if you won't walk with God and work with God, yeah, why do you think you lay hold of it? Well, God will just do it. That's your theology, that's not mine. That's your theology, that's not the Bible's. You can comfort yourself in that for so long and after a while, it's not going to work. You're going to think, why? Why, why, Delilah? So when he comes, he speaks on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So God's got a plan and he makes it known to Veronica through the Holy Spirit. So she has to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Ghost. That makes sense? Then we see. For we also have heard the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard is talking about the Old This is the New Testament saints talking about the Old Testament. Yeah? The message they heard was of no value to them. Why? Because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. How many times were they told the Messiah was coming? How many times did the prophet stand up and tell them of what was to come? Loads of times. I forget how many messianic promises there are in the Old Testament. Hundreds of them. And yet they did not combine it with faith. So when he did turn up, how can he come from there? Well, your scripture tells you that. Well, I don't like this Jesus because I know his mum and dad. So he's not honored in his own town. So when I stand up and I go to a nation, if people would have understood what people have said about me many, many years ago, they could turn around and say, This guy only comes from Openshaw. He's no better than us. The objective is not to be better. You're right. This man came from Openshaw. Can anything good come from Openshaw? Absolutely. I'm here. I'm here. Anybody who comes from Open Shore, rock on, Tommy. We all come from somewhere. We all come from somewhere. The fact is we're here. That's the main thing. And here we are. But, I come, but the only difference between me and many people in Open Shore is the word I've heard, I combined it with faith. So it gives me a position. It gives you a position. So here we go. Ready? Pens and papers at the Ready? Here we go. When God begins to speak from the heavens, it breaks down into four areas. This will be in your new upgrade. God speaks from the point of spirit and truth. God always speaks to you by his spirit and by his truth. It's his spirit that takes the truth and sows it into your heart. Everybody there? Can we all agree on that? Okay. Not your opinion, his spirit and his truth. That's the core DNA ingredient given to every believer. So the moment you, hey, hey, no pictures. No pictures. It's mine. You'll get a book. The point is this. The core DNA ingredients is given to every believer. You've all got the ability to receive spirit, And truth. You all have that if you're born again. So you can believe, so you can receive God's promise to you. God's hope to you. God's, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) God's word to you. So it starts off as spirit and in truth. Then it comes over to the right hand side, top right hand side. Spirit and truth are then released into your heart as words. Yes? Words come into your heart. Words are taught to us by the Spirit as the Spirit is the voice of truth within us. So right now, God begins to speak. I hear words, but it's a voice and it's truth and it's spirit. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let me go back a minute because you're all focused on that. When God speaks... It doesn't come to you in a code. It comes to you as words, and it comes to you in your language. Whatever language you can speak, it comes to you. The Holy Spirit knows your language. He knows Mancunian. All right, I like it. (laughs) He He knows your language. That's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. And he speaks words. Why? And those words come from... The spirit of truth. Now, when you're first beginning to discern these words, you're not quite sure if it's your imagination. You're not sure if it's the voice of your imagination, true? But we learn to, to put faith in there and trust. We risk it. And then later, some we hear that truth again. And as we keep on hearing that same truth, it convinces us that we heard this voice before. That's how we know the voice. We are trained to know the voice. Yes? So let's go back again. Faith. Now, when we hear that voice, faith has to come to your heart. So Mary said, let it be according to your word, to the voice that is speaking, to the truth that has been revealed. I will now hold on to it and I'll put our work faith. Now, faith, it is the believers, it is every believer's responsibility to combine the words of the spirit and the truth given so it can become a language of faith. Does this make sense? So now you've got a language of faith. So now you speak positive. You speak spirit and truth. You speak that which the Father, Jesus said, I only speak that which the Father has given to me. That's the language of faith. Do you understand that? You sure? Let me go back again, because you're all on that again. Does that make sense? So it starts off as the DNA, spirit truth, then it goes to words. The more you trust those words, then it becomes faith. Faith has to become your language. Yeah, let's go back again. Then that, and here's the point I've been trying to drive for the last three months. Then it becomes a voice. When our words become filled with spirit and truth and faith, our language becomes a clear voice. Now what happens when it becomes a clear voice? Christ begins to manifest. His eternal kingdom and his eternal promises are laid hold of by the voice that's coming from you. Now, what does a voice create? We had no room for it there. Thank you. A frequency. It's that frequency when you combine spirit truth with the language of faith, it creates a frequency that resonates in people's hearts. It opens up an atmosphere. So when you speak, Christ can manifest. But it does not manifest with words only. It manifests with spirit and truth and faith. Does that make sense? It's not just your voice, it's, the, it's all those dimensions at the back working. When you look at a website, look at any website you want, you're attracted by the color, the design, and the beauty. True? But behind all that, there's millions of code. We know pictures. No fancy pictures, no bright colors, just code working behind there to make everything that you see work and appeal. Ask these guys, they'll tell you. Is that right, Phil? Just coding. But then all of a sudden they put pictures on it so that you know that you'll be attracted to that and you'll put your faith in that, it'll work. But their faith's not in the graphic, their faith's in the code. Their faith is in the code that when you press that button, the machine will do what it's supposed to do. But there has to be a code that sends that when you hit that button, this must happen. And there may be a random, there may be a multiple of options that come from that one button. But it's all been pre-programmed and all been pre-coded. So when you see your nice pictured website, you think, whoa, doesn't that look sexy? You go on our website, it looks nice. But all the coding behind it makes it work. Now, the moment that coding goes wrong, that website you fall out of love with. And you drop it, don't you? When you have to wait on your, for your server to load up, don't you become impatient? Of course you do. Right, but when the voice, when the spirit of truth is the coding, he then gives us words. Words are combined into a faith and it becomes, faith becomes a language. Language becomes a voice. And when the voice creates the frequency... It create it manifests Christ. How many of you think that's cool? Does that does it help you? You sure? Good. Psalm 119. Let's just go there before we close down. This coding has got to work in your life. God's give you his code. His eternal code. Is working in the background. You must create the faith. You must combine what you hear with faith. You must do that. You must do that. Hello? You must do that. So in Psalm 119, verse 18, he says, how can a man keep his way pure? Well, that's difficult. No, because the coding is there to help him. The answer is by living according to your word. Let's see what the word does. In verse 10, I seek you with all my heart Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the the author of this has, has got the coding on the inside. He's realized how important this spirit and truth DNA is. And where's he put it? He's inserted it right in the middle of his heart. You with me there? Why? Because he does not want to sin against God. Praise be to God. Praise be to you, O Lord. You teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. So now he's doing something with the word that's inside his heart. He's giving it responsibility. He's watering it. Yes? So he's meditating on it. He's thinking about the laws and the statutes. And I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So he's conscious how powerful this word is. Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. In other words, I've got more capacity to see more. Open my eyes so I can see more. How does he open your eyes? With what? The eyes of faith. If you're trying to read 21 days with your mind, forget it. You've got to read it with the eyes of faith. It's a spiritual exercise, not a cerebral exercise. Because we said, we don't want more IQ. We want SQ. Spiritual intelligence. And you have not been given the spirit of the world. So then stop thinking like the spirit of the world. Yes? So, Psalm 119 verse 27 Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul is weary with sorrow. Anybody feeling like that? Strengthen me according to your word. Only the word can bring strength. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me through your law. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. Psalm 115, sorry, verse 59 of the same psalm. I have considered my ways and I've turned my steps to your statues. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Wow. Wow. John says this, your spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So in the beginning was a plan. The plan needs faith. Without faith, there is no hope and there is no future. But within, to make all that hope, that plan, that faith and that future come alive, God gives us his word. That word Starts off as spirit and in truth. That spirit and truth speaks and he creates words. As words are created and come into your life, they form a language. That language is called faith. When you then begin to combine what you've heard, speak what you've heard with faith, you create a frequency. A frequency causes Christ to be revealed. Revealed. The church to be reformed, the saints to be mobilized, and the city to be transformed. All that starts with the spirit of truth inside of you. Does that make sense? Let's stand to our feet if we will, please. So you have all got, I'm looking at a people of spirit and truth. You've got the DNA. So from that point of view, from that that one download, you can succeed. You have everything within you. So let's use that scripture from Peter. He has given me everything for life and for godliness. Why? Through his word. The spirit of truth. I want you to think this week when when you're moving in any dimension of life, work, whatever, spirit of truth, you're here. Teach me to focus on the spirit of truth. Teach me your ways, oh God. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. You can't just do that, let faith, 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 faith. It doesn't work. Faith comes by believing what God has said. Abraham believed it, though he didn't see it, he believed it. Some of you are so far away from seeing your promises fulfilled. Well, I think we can fix a good 60% of that is because you've let faith go. You get back into faith, believing God's promise, praying around it. How does it fit into your, your will, Lord? God isn't going to move heaven and earth just to fulfill your plan. God gave you a plan to fulfill his plan. So you both get blessed. Yes? Stop thinking God's going to leave his assignment and just come to yours. No, you were born for his assignment. You was born for his assignment. God, wasn't cre- God didn't create himself for your assignment. If we can just understand that, we'll understand some fundamentals of God. So let's just raise our hands if we will. Father, I was created for your good pleasure by your good pleasure. I was created by your good pleasure. I am created by your good pleasure. I'm alive by your good pleasure. So, Father, from this moment. I will use all my faith to pursue that which I'm born for. Oh, Father, right now, I lift up my holy voice to you. I just want to tell you, oh Lord, how much I love you from the bottom of my heart. As we sang this morning, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to tell you how much I love you. Lord, you constantly tell me how much you love me. But this morning, oh God, I'm telling you how much I love you from the bottom of my heart. This week, oh God, as I open up your word, teach me your ways. That I may fear your name. Oh my God, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on church, just engage with him again. Se Mama Mariandala ndala baba bakari ndala Robo Boboriandala ndala bakari ndala Robo bokoli Mara baba bakari ndala bakuri nda. baba bakari ndala masi teri ndala mama bakari nda. Momo sibata Oh Father, Father, we thank you for the glorious day in your presence. We thank you, O God, that your heart is towards us constantly, O God. We just want to tell you, Lord, how much we love you. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Father. And in Jesus' name, the church said? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a praise.